Hello and welcome to Teaching Sports, where we educate you on all Wisconsin sports, including D.C. Everest High School. Well, because we're teachers. The guys, Matt Bullis, Mike Matthews, Mike Sale, and C.J. Hansen, hey, that's me, will teach you all you need to know about the only teams that matter. All right, and uh, let's jump right into our DC Everest sports recap. Uh, we have DC Everest football coming off a bye. They are looking forward to their playoff matchup coming up here against Kimberly High School. And yes, that Kimberly High School that's won a bunch of state championships, had a record for a long time of most wins in a row without a loss. That's the opponent for the first round of the playoffs for our D.C. Everest Evergreens. So what do we know about Kimberly High School? What's the preview here? What's the update? And then let's talk a little bit about some awards that some of our Evergreen players have received. I know that they played, I think they have one common opponent, which is Spash. Kimberly played them the first game of the year, I believe. Uh, beat them 34-9. to um, Obviously, Everest uh, was in a tight one with Spash down there. Didn't come up or didn't come out with the win. Um, you know, the things I've, I've seen on them is they're, they're really good just across the board. They've got uh, some good skill position players. Um, you know, they average close to 40 points a game. Um, it's a really tough matchup for the Evergreens, but, you know, it's, it's, if you, if you want to look at it, you got to go through everybody. So you get one of the better teams right away. Um, if you can, if you can pull off the upset, you know you don't play the, the, as good of a team in the next round. Um, so it's kind of, you know, in a, in a weird way, it's kind of like their state title game the first week. So uh, a great opportunity for the kids. Um, I'm sure that, you know, the coaches will have them ready to go, and, and uh, hopefully they can go over there. And a lot of things have to go their way. Let's be honest, but it doesn't mean that they can't. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Coach Trail said, what a great opportunity. You know, I, when I saw him in, uh, in school Monday or Tuesday morning, um, you know, I think if you're going you're gonna to meet up, if you're going to win, you're going to meet up with them eventually anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it might as well be when you're coming off a bye week and your team's well-rested, um, might as well go get them right now. So um, obviously a challenge. Um, I think, you know, I, I think from looking at, um, some of the the scores and stuff, you know, maybe it's not, you know, as dominant of a Kimberly team as they've been in the past, but um, yeah, they're going to have um, skilled kids at the skill position and, and be uh, a really high quality team because that's the type of program they have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, what the heck, go down there. Uh, I think when you're the team that has nothing to lose um, and you can maybe stay in it, uh, the longer you stay in it, the more confident confidence your kids have. So um, just go down there and play football. Yeah, I mean, it's a 9-0 and Kimberly team, but having a bye week, uh, you know, you can throw a few wrinkles in that maybe Kimberly hasn't seen before on, on tape and, uh, you know, a couple big splash plays, and you never know. Um, you know, Kimberly maybe has a couple of uncharacteristic turnovers and, the game of football uh, can be can be goofy sometimes, and so uh, you never know what's going to happen uh, from one week to the next. Uh, we had some all-conference players 
uh, for DC Everest, it looks like. Uh, a few first-teamers, actually more than a few first-teamers. Uh, Bullets, what do, what do we know about this first team here? Well, um, we have. I see that we have Cole Stevens, offensive lineman, and then we have Ty Stralo showed up a couple times. Ty was first-team uh, wide receiver and defensive back, which is quite impressive. And, and punter. And punter. So... Uh, he didn't get it on both sides of the ball. He got it on all three phases. So that's that's a really cool honor for Ty. Um, obviously, very athletic kid. Um, and then we have a couple others. Uh, I know your favorite guy, C.J. Triton Schmidt, uh, return specialist. Um, and then we had a couple uh, defensive guys as well, Mitch Danielski and Max Bukholz. Bukholz. Um, so I don't know a lot about those defensive guys. Mike, you might. You've seen probably more. Of those guys than, than I have. Um, maybe I'm just a casual fan and, and watch the offensive side more than more than the defensive side. But uh, what do you know about those defensive guys? Um, yeah, Max is a. He seemed like a, uh, one of those kids that just made a big play uh, quite often. You know, whether it was a big sack or uh, forcing a turnover. Um, just one of those guys. You know, probably like a Zadarius Smith type player edge rusher you know I don't know if he's really you know a defensive end or outside linebacker I suppose it kind of de depends on the type of scheme that you're playing um, seemed like they moved him around quite a bit too yeah. like even off the ball at times not on the line I know that the last game I was at against Hortonville it looked like he at times was almost playing like an inside linebacker position but I heard his name called a lot he was right. in a lot a lot of tackles yeah and then Mitch is Mitch is a big kid. He's a big um, kid. He's a big kid. <laughs> yes. Um, he's a wrestler. Um, so he's an interior lineman, uh, space eater, disruptor. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think he's probably uh, he's probably a, a tear to probably try to block. So that's probably um, caught a lot of attention on film, probably from opposing coaches. Uh, that would probably be my guess. So. That was probably the, the interior lineman that uh, most teams probably focus on to have to block. So Yeah, he's a big guy, but also like just a hard worker, relentless type of player that just uh, makes plays, knives in the backfield, or takes up a couple of blockers. I have him in class, and I told him, congrats on that first team. And he's like, how'd you hear about that? I got my sources, Mitch, you know, and uh, he was, you know, I felt pretty good about the fact that one of his teachers knew about that and thought that was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, great kid, great player. Uh, nice to see some Evergreens honored for the work they put on the field for sure. Um, volleyball uh, finishes 20-14 and 14 overall in the regular season and 10-2 and two in the conference, sharing the conference championship along with Marshfield. They'll be playing this week in the regional versus Wausau West. Uh, Matthews, what can you tell us about the end of the volleyball season here? Uh, you know, I think the conference championship is uh, a great accomplishment for a team that lost a lot of seniors from last year, um, had some some big uh, injuries in the middle of the part middle part of the season, um, but I think. You know, for a team that doesn't really have a big middle smacker, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think they've that's really a, a nice team accomplishment for them. Uh, have a what regional semifinal tomorrow against West, uh, one of those teams that uh, did knock them off in the conference, so a little payback 
uh, match tomorrow. Um, so I think the kids, they do have Lexi's back now. That's one of the injuries that is back. So that's that, big. That's, uh, that's really nice for them. So I think they're uh, primed and ready to go to get a little revenge match tomorrow against Wes. So. A lot of credit goes to them. I know last time we talked, it was the night they were going down to Rapids to, you know, had to win, to win a share of the conference. And, and obviously went down there on the road uh, with, with pressure on them yeah. and won a, won a big match. So uh, kudos to those kids. Uh, Coach Prawl, that's a great accomplishment um, for them. And wish them the best of luck here uh, moving forward. Like Mike said, a little payback hopefully tomorrow. And then uh, you move into Saturday um, and then hopefully beyond. Absolutely. Uh, so DC Ever Soccer uh, also just played Wassa West in their first round of the playoffs and got a massive 1-0 victory. Um, Colin Belton scored the lone goal in this one in the 24th minute, uh, intercepted a, a pass by West and uh, laid it off to Evan Peak, who returned it for the winning strike that Belton put in the back of the net uh, inside the 18. Uh, that earns them a beautiful long trip over to Hudson and play the number one seed in the regional. Uh, Hudson, who just beat Eau Claire North 9-0. It'll be a tough, a tough task, but uh, like we mentioned with the football uh, program, you know, you play that top seed and then they're, they're gone. And then you move on and you can, you know, maybe do something and uh, continue streaking into the playoffs. So uh, be, be a tough, tough go there, but uh, hey, anything can happen in these playoffs. And you said, CJ, there's very strong uh, in goal, right? So uh, you got you got a really strong goalie. You never know. You know, Hudson might have uh, a ton of shots on goal, but you get a hot goalie, uh, can keep you in it. So uh, tough, tough opponent. Um, but, again, like you said, just like Kimberly, you got to beat him at some point. So Got to beat the best to be the best, That's right. as they say. Now, talking with Coach Roloff and Coach Biggie, uh, they said they might employ some new tactics against Hudson and maybe pack it in a bunch and uh, see if they can get it to overtime and get it to penalty penalty kicks because their uh, great keeper, Jacob Lorge, uh, actually is quite impressive on PKs. At one point in his club season, he saved 13 straight. And uh, in practice the other day, he saved four out of five. Now, in basketball terms, because I know you guys are basketball guys, a PK is like a free throw. I mean, it's really, I mean, uh, supposed to be a goal for the for the attacking team uh, that earned that penalty. So, so like a Giannis um, free throw? Or? Well, no, we're, we're talking more like Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph Curry from the line. Uh, you know, like 90, 95%. Uh, so, um, but with that being said, a save percentage like that for a keeper is unheard of. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, Bullis, if they can kind of – pack it in defensively and not give up a lot of shots and the shots they do give up if Lorge can can be up for it you never know you never know what can happen so uh what can you tell us about swimming Matthews uh the swimmers won again last week against uh oh actually last night uh they beat Marshfield uh to move their record to five and one so they're just that one match against Spash was the only duel that they lost uh, the conference meet is next Thursday, and kind of how they run points or whatever, they can still, uh, they count the conference meet as part of uh, the overall conference championship, so they can still tie for the conference championship. So 
That would be uh, great. If they win the conference meet. So um, then it's really between them and Spash for the, the conference championship yet. So And then after next Thursday, then they'll go on to uh, the WIA tournament stuff. So Wow. It seems like so far Everest Sports this fall has been pretty successful. You know, our swimmer from last year, Sarah Meyer, I don't okay. know if you remember that yeah. name at all. She's swimming collegiately. Um, I believe in South Dakota or South Dakota State. She broke a university record there wow. as a freshman. That's big time. I saw that. Somebody had. I saw that research that. done by, I believe, uh, Mr. Brian Engerbretson on Twitter. Yes, uh, absolutely. He followed Yeah, I saw yeah. that too. Yeah. He saw um, that. So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's he, great. He is always uh, finding stats about kids. Oh, he's awesome. He's taking up curling. Hey? Wow. I saw him on Channel 7 Saturday night, him and Miss, uh, Mrs. E. Wow. Or whatever, by common law marriage, um, <laughs> they have they were uh, participating in a training program for curling. So. Good for them. Yeah, nice. Good for them. Throwing the stone. <laughs> uh, never more popular than that year in the Olympics, where the you know the curling, USA <laughs> curling uh, made some uh, made some inroads uh, on the world stage. Yeah. Um, cross country. Looks like Sarah Melodic is continuing her great season. We uh, remember guest uh, earlier on our pod, uh, Miss Melodic won the conference meet for now the second year in a row. Back to back champ, which is pretty impressive. Um, and what do you got for us there, Matthews? Um, yeah, that's about. Uh, I was thinking after you know looking into that where you know obviously Sarah being a sophomore second year in a row I wonder how many times uh, somebody's won it four years in a row um, obviously when I was in high school uh, there was a girl in Stevens Point named Susie Favor who oh. was quite uh, the athlete quite the cross-country runner I, she probably won it four years in a row um, the list is but, probably pretty short though yeah that's, yeah. a, that's a so, great. Uh, that's a great stat. Uh, I have to ask Coach uh, Petey. He probably he knows everything about everything. Just ask him. Um, so he would he might know something about that. Yeah. I would be interested to see. Uh, that might be something Sarah maybe can shoot for. But along with Sarah, we had uh, three other athletes that uh, ended up all conference after the meet. There, uh, Matthew, David, and Ethan Hankey on the boys' side, and then also Maria Selting. So. Uh, along with Sarah, we're all named all conference after the that meet, and they will run sectionals down in Plover, uh, Stevens Point area, Standing Rock Park. Um, that's a tough course uh, down there in Stevens Point, very hilly. Uh, but Sarah, I remember in the interview, she loves running the hills. So yeah, that'll be good for her. And I'm then. assuming that they've I don't know, but I'm assuming they've ran there this year yeah, already, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. some. Yeah, that's familiar territory. Yeah, familiarity with for sure with the course. Just yeah. to update on Susie Faber Hamilton, I just checked that while she was in high school, she was actually the U.S. junior record holder in the fifteen hundred and won three national junior titles while in high school. So she, yeah. you know, she could run a little bit. Yeah. So when we're thinking that maybe she was back to back to back to back champ in high school, there's probably a good chance. Yeah. That she. Did I think that. she won some state titles, not only. Oh yeah, I would, I would, I would imagine. I would imagine. Well, great. Well, let's move in to our Green Bay Packers and talk about uh, what happened over the weekend with the Bears uh, and then preview the Washington football team coming up. So Green Bay Packers won 24-14. Big matchup over the Bears uh, in Chicago on the road. 
um, to get another W. Um, five in a row now for Green Bay. That's pretty big time. Um, Bullis, would you like to start kind of with your thoughts on the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, it was, it was one of those games uh, when you go on the road and you play a division game, uh, it's going to be a tough uh, a tough place to play, especially Chicago, Soldier Field. Um, but I thought they just went in there outside of the first drive. They got down 7 nothing. Um, and just did their job. It was very, uh, I, you know, I thought it was workmanlike is what I, how I described it. They went in, uh, did their thing. I know the Bears kind of cut it to, what they cut it to late there? Four or something? Or 17-14. 17-14. Uh, yeah, I never yeah. really, I don't know, I never really had that oh no feeling. Um, and as soon as they cut it to three, um, you know, Rodgers let them right down the field with the, uh, finish it off with the, with the uh, quarterback keeper there where, Got all the attention this week um, with what he said to the crowd, but um, I just thought it was a great, uh, a great road win. Um, you know, you got through those first six, five, and one, and um, you know now you have a, an opponent coming in that uh, was supposed to be better, especially defensively, than they have been. Uh, but I think it's a game they should win, and then they have kind of a tough stretch coming up, a uh, short week against uh, Arizona, and then. I believe after that they head to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, so uh, a great team effort, nice, nice win, um, and and you just hope they can uh, keep things keep things going. I know the injuries are kind of mounting; that's a troublesome thing. Um, but but a, a great a great effort by the Pack on the road. Matthews, thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, really good. Obviously, the first drive um, wasn't real impressive defensively, um, but I think they made a change at corner mm-hmm. that uh, seemed to uh, work out really well. Um, I really was impressed with the running game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the Bears' rush defense would um, be something that we might struggle against, but I think we put up one fitty on the ground uh, between uh, our two running backs, uh, Thunder and Lightning there a little bit, and... Um, that was really, I think, boy, if we can run the ball, um, boy, then I think Mr. Rogers is really pretty comfortable back there then um, because it it, ha- it brings those safeties. They have to come up a little bit, and, um, you know, then he can kind of pick them apart. So, um, but, yeah, I think that was the big drive was after they made it 17-14, and, and the Packers really responded and went right down the field. Um, and I think there was about four minutes left after that. Uh, they went up 10, and then Kenny Clark took over after that with two big sacks on the next drive. So. A la kind of that Reggie White, uh, you know, couple, uh, couple of plays in the Super Bowl where it was like sack, sack, you know, knockdown, you know. I mean, it was, it was a dominant, and it was at the right time. I mean, yeah. the game's winding down. You need to just put the – Put the nail in the coffin, and uh, Mr. Clark delivered. Did they did they bounce him outside? Was he coming off the edge, or was he still? I thought that at one point well, I saw him. Well, on one him. play, he kind of was. Okay. He was kind of not more on the tackle sure. than in between the guard. But one play, he was in the middle. Um, and then I think Fields kind of went out of the pocket, and he kind of sure. he just kind of had a better angle on him. But, um, yeah, the one play, he looked like he was lined up more over the tackle. Um, I saw this week that they, Pro Football Focus had them ranked the number one tackling defense in the league 
basically meaning that they've missed the least amount of tackles um, from, from all the NFL When's the teams? last time that's happened right, in Green Bay? Right, absolutely. And, and that's cow. something that obviously they they can stat and track pretty easily. So it's not like a debate of, you know, are they the best defense? Well, they're not the best defense in the NFL. Um, but I thought that's, a, that's an outstanding thing to be if you're the best tackling uh, defense. Like you said, CJ, I don't know if I ever remember that being the case. I mean, um, and don't you think that as a – a lot to do with Campbell as their inside line. Yeah. I mean, he's making a lot of really solid. He's not missing a lot of tackles, and no. as a result, I think you know, as a team, that's that's helpful. And so. I think their safeties are both good tacklers. You know, they don't shy away from that when they come up. I think Amos is a fantastic, yeah, fantastic tackler. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I haven't heard Savage if he. I mean, I'm sure he's in concussion protocol, but hopefully he clears. Um, yeah, he did not practice today. Okay. Uh, Preston Smith, Josh Myers didn't practice today, and Dennis Kelly didn't practice today. Kevin King was a limited participation. Oh, goody. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt this week <laughs> in, in shells. <laughs> Maybe getting out of his car in the uh, parking lot. Bakhtiari's first practice today with yeah, the team. Yeah, he was though. not even on the, uh, on the injured, injured list? list at all. He was. So. Would it shock you if you saw him suiting up this week? Would it shock you? Do you no, think he's got would, a no, shot? I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Um, do I think they will? I don't think they will just because of that Thursday night game um, coming up. I don't think they want to play him and then have him try to recover. Uh, that's a good play point. Play right away. It's a great point. Um, I, I think they're going to hold him till Thursday because then his first game, then he's say got, it's Thursday, he's got that long. Then he's got a 10 day before yeah, the next one. That's yeah. a fantastic so, call. Um, I don't 100%. think they will. And, and, and they're kind of fortunate that they've had good offensive line play filling in so they can't afford to do that. Now, um, Myers, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard. Uh, you know, Lafleur kind of said it. Didn't, he didn't think it was a long-term thing. But it sounded like a couple of weeks. It could be. Yeah. On the injury, it it says knee on the injury report. It doesn't even say anything about the finger or hand. So, um, you know, I would think it's he's not going to play this week. Um, My knee, like Aaron Rodgers said a couple years ago. I feel like from what I read, it sounds like it's going to be a couple of weeks that he's out, <laughs> but he'll be okay. Like it's not a long-term like. He's, you know, doesn't need to go on IR. It's gonna be, it's gonna be all right. Just needs some time to recover on that. My guess is it's something probably like torn meniscus or something like that. It's not any ACL or you know ligament damage, but he'll just need some time to to, to recover. Um, just a couple of thoughts. I thought when they put in Rasul Douglas, that was huge. Uh, yeah. I thought, you know, Yidem or however you say his last name. Uh, he struggled mightily, gave up a big catch, and then horrible pass interference. I mean, it was – he didn't even need to touch the guy, and he pulled him down, like, in the end zone. Like, it was just terrible coverage. He panicked. He panicked and you just can't have that on defense to give up chunk plays like that. That's a killer, especially on the Bears' first drive. You gave them all sorts of momentum at home. The fans got super into it after that, after – uh, Green Bay couldn't score on their first possession. And so at that point, I was a little like, uh-oh. Um, you know, that's not not super great. But, um, you know, Green Bay settled in. Um, again, like Matthews mentioned, running the football was huge. In fact, one of my big keys for the Washington football team game here coming up is they got to run the ball again there because I'll tell you what, Washington football team has a couple of pass rushers that are outstanding. Uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And, I mean, uh, there are some some really good pass rushers that the Washington football team has. Um, in fact, they showed up in Kansas City, but the problem was Kansas City kept dro- or um, uh, 
the, the secondary kept dropping interception opportunities and um, you know got worn they got worn down by the end of that game because their offense was terrible Washington football teams um, so I, I do think injuries for the Green Bay Packers is a problem but man it's been this next next man up uh, kind of mentality even like um, with the outside linebackers, a couple of uh, Notre Dame guys, this Harrison kid's playing all right. I mean, Gary's holding his own. He hasn't been injured, knock on wood. Uh, and he was always banged up the last couple of years, always got like some injury in game and had to go out for some plays. But uh, guys are just stepping up. Uh, it's really cool to see, uh, you know, again in the secondary, uh, you know, they can – they great signing for Douglas, and then he comes in and plays the majority of the snaps the rest of the way, and does does a great job. So, you know, you hope that that confidence continues, and maybe he's a contributor. Maybe you know, maybe he earns time over Kevin King because Kevin King's so inconsistent in the lineup because he's constantly injured. Who knows? But um, you know, having more options in your secondary is always a good thing in this league. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do there. And they and they signed a Whitney Merciless today, correct? Yes, from, they did from the Texans. Yep. So uh, we'll see what he can contribute. Um, you know, I mean, he's you a, have a veteran veteran guy who's on a one in five team. He's obviously not probably very happy. Uh, and now all of a sudden you sign with a five and one team. That can do a lot for a, a player's attitude. And so. someone who's had success in this right. league as a pass rusher. So yep. if, if they're motivated, which also you, you'd like to think uh, Jalen Smith even, you know, uh, he, he was on a team that was, you know, record-wise successful, mm-hmm. but just re- rejuvenated sometimes when you yeah. get to a new setting, uh, playing with Aaron Rodgers, playing with Devonta Adams, playing with Keddy Clark, playing with these guys that they respect in the game. And just, yeah, something time, sometimes just the change of scenery re- revitalizes a guy's career. I think it's great um, that a guy gets caught um, and Green Bay is one of the destinations they want to go to right away. Yeah. And, you know, that's only – I shouldn't say that's only, but that's a big reason to – because of number twelve, and they well, and it's also a big testament to Coach Lafleur. Sure, and, you know, having two seasons where they end in the NFC Championship, and you know, obviously that's partly to do with Rodgers, of yeah. course. But I mean, I think some credit goes to Lafleur. How many times in our our lives with the teams we cheer for in Wisconsin, you know, somebody comes on the market and you're just like, oh, we don't have a chance. Whether it's Brewers or or Bucks or, or you mean Packers like Randy and, Moss? And uh, <laughs> well, they were supposed to have him. But, uh, so I think it's just great that guys want to come here and play and and uh they're going after a championship so yeah um, that's exciting yep it's exciting well and i know that you guys have some opinions on gudekunz but i mean to his credit he is going out and signing these guys to try to help so you know i think in and we didn't touch on this did you hear what roger said when he talked about kind of reminiscing about the bear packer rivalry and everything that it means to him, and he's so proud to have the 22 and five record. And he uh, said that he didn't get the feeling, he didn't feel emotionally like that was the last time he was going to be walking off the field at Soldier Field in that rivalry. And I was like, that was more exciting to me than yeah, his, said that his touchdown. Pat McAfee, yeah, like, that's awesome. And so I'm like, I wonder if things behind the scenes, you know, you just mentioned Gutekunst, stuff. Things are if they're Thawing starting a little to put bit. a bandaid on things yeah. and starting to. Uh, I've always kind of thought if maybe things weren't as bad as the media portrayed them, and 
you know, that there was always a chance to circle the wagons, mm-hmm. you know. But. And he's, you know, he was gone. He was away from the facility. He was yeah. nowhere near Wisconsin. So it was tough. And now he's back. And he and Lafleur seem to be so tight that things are great there. I just feel like he's going to think, you know, where else do I have this chance? You know, everyone keeps, you know, Pat McAfee keeps pimping him about Pittsburgh and whatever. Well, Pittsburgh's roster is nowhere near as good as Green Bay's. And I, obviously there's some guys they need to re-sign if they want, you know, to have that roster uh, remain intact. Devontae. Yeah. But I, maybe Rodgers just realizes, hey, this is my, this is my place. Uh, I'm going to stay here. Uh, I hope so. Because, man, you, you forget real quick when he's not around. Um, you can, it's easy to be like, ah, we don't need him. Screw him. You know, and he's being selfish. And then when he's back on Sundays, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, sell the farm. Do, what he wants. <laughs> do whatever you need to do to keep him along as long as you possibly yeah. can. Now, we didn't even mention the I Still Own You. Right. And that was maybe the greatest story that came out of this game. It's awesome. Anybody want to tackle this one? Because I had some laughs. We were sending some some stories back and forth uh, afterwards. Well, he said he had a few, uh, or he had some, some lady... Uh, Showing them the double bird, but then there was a picture on Twitter. It was more than one. There was more than one. So I think it's great. You know, he he said that, uh, you know, he had gotten a lot of things from his teammates and other people. And then some people were upset. And he had said, are we really, like, that soft in society that you can't, like, trash talk anymore? And, like, that's not okay? Um, because some people were upset. I think the old former bear, Olin Krutz, said he wanted to punch, punch Rodgers in the face. <laughs> That's just called someone that just has lost so many times to Rodgers. He's just got some, uh, there's some salt on some wounds yeah. there for Olin Krutz. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Some, rotten, some rotten apples there for Olin. There was, I can't remember who it was. Some cornerback came out on Twitter and said, this is awesome because usually corner quarterbacks don't ever say anything you yep. know they always yeah. told the line and i can't remember who it was but man it's great because that's how wide receivers and corners always talk to each other like i i'm gonna own you all day today you know um but he said it was great listen to a quarterback say well something. a couple of things happened that were also pretty funny wikipedia's official page for the chicago yeah. bears got changed for a period of time that yeah. said one of the owners was aaron Rodgers, which i thought was fantastic and then there was a, a lifelong bears fan that had a pretty funny post about his uh aaron Rodgers, his boogeyman that's gonna continue to show up in his nightmares saying i still own you i thought that was pretty great too you know, so, if, you're, if you're gonna sack him and do the belt and you're gonna put your finger in his face. Then yeah. You gotta take it. You gotta take it with yeah. Which after he got sacked early in the game, and that one guy kind of po- pointed his face or did something to him. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. They just like, poked have, the bear. Have they not that, learned their like lesson set, yet? Twenty four yeah. points in a row until or seventeen <laughs> in a row until the Bears scored. They have not learned their lesson. I don't yet. think you want to make that guy upset. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of continue on. Let's let's hit the the Badgers, Brewers, and Bucks uh, here. Uh, Badgers, we don't need to spend a lot of time. 2014, they got a victory over Army, uh, which, yawner, right? Like, you know, they ran the ball a ton. Both teams did. Although I will say, for especially the first half, that defense under Jim Leonard, uh, just kind of the the nuance of putting a inside linebacker right at the line of scrimmage and shooting gaps and making oh some God. plays. Leo Chanel, like that was – so, uh, first of all, Jim Leonard is one of the most innovative defensive coordinators in the entire country. And I mean that in all of football. 
I'm talking college, pro, I don't care. He is so innovative. Um, and then there's the offense. Uh, I mean, Braylon Allen had a nice game yeah, as a true freshman. But yeah, opposite of innovative. I mean, we have wide receiver Devin Chandler <coughs> entering the transfer portal. And I read a bunch on what he said. He basically said, they don't utilize the talent at wide receiver right now. Like, we have a ton of talent, and it's not going to get utilized. We keep doing the same offense, and uh, it doesn't even look like preseason camp when we were throwing a lot, and I thought I'd have opportunities, and I just can't stick around. So it's just really unfortunate that this is what we're seeing right now because the defense is a top-10 defense in the country, but the problem is the offense is bottom-10 offense in the country. Yeah, I, I mean, I was disappointed that – Chandler decided to transfer because I feel like kids do that too quick today. But I also don't blame him. Uh, yeah, hundred um, percent. You know why? Why isn't if this kid's a projected starter next year, which he was? Yep. Then why is he on the field somehow? Give him a, a jet sweep. Quit giving the ball to Jack Dunn on the jet sweep. Give it to this kid. Um, get him out there. Well, he's um, also their starting kick returner who yeah. has had success as a kick returner. He's got some pop, some wiggle, some burst, some speed. I, I don't. You know I. I heard a comment this this weekend on on Fox Sports Radio about how basically Iowa is Wisconsin, like, but they just haven't turned the ball over. Their defense has turned people over. Correct. And I thought, yeah, I, I guess in the past you could say that, but like, the Badgers just—I I don't know how in the world I saw they're favored by two and a half points uh, this week uh, over <laughs> Purdue at Purdue, and which my, I think is not going to happen. To be my honest, my friend's little pool that we do for fun against the spread. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm putting Purdue in right away yep. and getting points at home uh, against the Badgers. Like I just don't trust them. I, I feel like things are just too vanilla. I know that Wisconsin football is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and we were fine with that through Ron Dane and Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon, and but they they have Braylon Allen now who's looked really good. But there just has to be some sort of balance, and right now there's just not. Well, it's the teams that just pass all the time. You can't just be one-dimensional on offense. It'll get you in trouble. And when they don't do a good job on first and second down and you're in a third and long situation, now you put your quarterback in a really tough situation. Uh, You put your offensive line in a really tough situation. Um, And they're not successful at gaining those third downs. And so... Uh, you have to go some play action on first down. You have to try to take some shots here and there. But it just seems like you you, you continue to use the word vanilla, and it really does appear that way. My vocabulary is about as great as the pack, or the Badgers' offense. But like you watch the SEC. you got to score 35 points to win a game in the SEC unless you're loaded at defense like Georgia or somebody. Um, you watch other games around the country, and it's just like, off, you know, spread offenses, and they're just they're putting up points. And then, you know, I I didn't watch much of this Badger game. We were watching a little Netflix on Saturday night, and then I look at halftime, and it's like seven zero. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I am glad I didn't waste my time watching that first half. Yeah, um, just because it's 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 not real exciting right now. No. No. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, moving color, moving on. Uh, and uh, like we mentioned, Wisconsin's playing Purdue this uh, weekend. I am not optimistic. No. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, a um, couple things. Uh, season's over, right? Uh, just fired their hitting coach, Andy Haynes, today. Uh, just popped up uh, this afternoon. 
Uh, guys, thoughts on the Brewers and what they need to do this offseason going into next year? Well, I know Mike's got a lot to talk about, so I'll be brief. Um, I think that's a start. <laughs> Andy Haynes had to go. I know that he and Christian Yelich are pretty tight. Uh, that's kind of why he got that job. Uh, but obviously, Yelly didn't have a great year either, uh, nor did the offense uh, for much of the year. Uh, pitching, pitching carried this team. Um, so I think that's a start. Uh, I, I really think that you know they're on the right track to being a very consistent franchise with postseason appearances with the pitching they have. Uh, they've got some some really nice position players. Um, you know we talked last week about them maybe going after somebody to uh, fit that that first base spot, um, and then. Uh, you know, if Avasil Garcia signs somewhere else because he's going to test the market, I think you need to kind of get a, a power bat there to, to play the outfield. So, um, you know, you watch some of these teams. I think the Braves did a great job with some additions late in the season. Uh, they've got some nice hitters. I think the, the, the Brewers just need to find some consistent bats with a little bit of power. You mix that with the pitching staff, and I think that they're uh, in for another nice year next year. All right, Matthews. Break it down for us. Well, I think their pitching staff is fine, you know, but yeah, I think they'll Stearns will find the right fit for that team. Uh, he seems to do a great job of, you know, finding guys. You know, he'll miss maybe here or there. I think they missed with uh, JBJ. There. Yes, they but, did. I mean, that guy had he had the right resume. I thought it was a great pickup when they picked him up. Agreed. Um, you know, and maybe maybe he'll have a better season next year. You know, unless um, they package him with somebody and try to trade. Right. Yeah, if they try to shuffle him off. Um, but yeah, I think they have to. I like Taylor. You know, he'll probably move into that outfield spot. Um, if Garcia leaves. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think they're still going to have to find somebody that just is just is way more consistent. Um, you know, at least putting the ball in play. They just strike they strike all way too many times. And I don't know if that's the hitting philosophy or, you know, I mean it's obviously an epidemic going around the MLB right now. That there's way more strikeouts than, um, you know, there's there has been in the past and you know the launch angle and whatever the terminology is nowadays but you know I think Tony Gwynn's probably crapping <laughs> his pants you know like he just put the ball in play hit it the other way you know guys like that that I grew up watching like Wade Boggs and oh, Wade Boggs. those guys that just you know hit for average and um, the use the whole field and stuff like that. Um, moved runners and just played more fundamentally sound. Um, it just sometimes irks me watching. I love watching baseball, but the lack of fundamentals just bothers me sometimes. So, well, tell us about some of your uh, MLB improvements for the future. I like yeah. what you got here. Yeah, and, my little uh, uh, my commissioner Matthews. Yes, um, please you know, share with my, us. Yeah, this is my Mike Greenberg moment, you know, that I, I put together uh, just because I do like baseball so much. Um, so my first thing is salary cap. I know we can't have, like, an equal salary cap like they do for football for every team. But I think they just need to have some form, um, whether, like, a team can't vary their salary from the beginning of the year to the end by a certain percentage. But, like, when the Dodgers, you know, they lose Trevor Bauer because of his suspension – 
and yet they still have enough money to go out and get Scherzer and Turner. Um, it's just something that not every team could even consider. They literally took the so, two best players from one team and brought them to their team. Right. Like, ridiculous. Like, that's not even a consideration probably for 90% of the league. Agreed. Um, so there's just got to be some type of salary consideration um, post the season starting. Um, you know, you can start out with, you know, 200 million if you want, and this one team can start out with whatever, 80 million. Um, but once the season starts, then there's, there's got to be some type of cap as to how much you can add. Um, number two, the hit by pitch only counts if it hits the part of your body or a required piece of equipment like the helmet. This elbow guard crap <laughs> is just Absolutely. totally pissed. Like they go up there and you're not sure if the batter is the batter or the catcher anymore. Um, they've got so much stuff on it, you know, and then they just stick that elbow out and it hits, you know, like if you're going to, I'm sorry, if you're going to get hit by a pitch, it's got to, it's got to leave a mark. Um, I love that. I just, For sure. You know, it's... and I get it, you know, like a guy maybe got hit by a pitch the day before and he's, he, sure, you can put it on, but you know what? You're not going to get hit in the same spot exactly again. Um, you can wear that, but if it, if the pitch hits it, it's just a ball. All right. Um, you know, stick your bicep out there and let it hit some flesh. You know, if you really want to get on base. Um, no pain, no gain. You don't get the you don't get some dirt. Right. You don't get the yeah, base. Right. Um, I'm happy you want to play and you got a little owie, but you know what? <laughs> Suck it up, Buttercup. Um, number three. There's no crying in baseball. That's right, absolutely. Um, replay. I just you know it just irks me sometimes. Um, on stuff that can be replayed and can't be replayed and you know it's kind of a fiasco I think the umpires do a great job you know it's hard um, some of the movement on some of these you know the balls and strike stuff I don't know what to do with that but on replay stuff I just put anything can be reviewed if the manager asks for a review the manager gets two reviews if they win they get another one if they lose they lose that review um, it's just, I don't know, some of these things that, like the little, the foul ball, you know, did R.C. or Arias catch it or didn't he catch it? Well, you can't review that because it wasn't beyond the base. Well, what the hell, what do you mean it wasn't beyond the base? Um, it's a play that impacts the game. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Let it be reviewed. Yeah. Um, so I, there's just got to be some type of tinkering there um, that is more beneficial. And then my playoff change, um, eight teams make the playoffs, okay? I know that's a lot. The first round is three games. So one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. It's three games, and the higher seed gets all three, hosts all three games. Interesting. Okay, so if you're the four seed and you play the five seed, I'm sorry, you should have won a few more games, Okay. But you're playing all three. Then we go to all seven game series after that. The first three are at the higher seed. The next three are at the lower seed. And then game seven is at the higher seed. Interesting. And the only reason why I, I like this is because then there's a travel day between game six and seven. So pretty much every pitcher has a rest day before 
game seven, so you can use pretty much everybody. And that's what you want. You that's, want to, you want, as a fan, you want to be able to see <laughs> what are you going to do. Right. I don't want somebody using, you know, that team that's down three to two in game six uses everybody to win game six and then game seven. You know, they got to throw out Nancy and Alice, you know, to throw in game seven. <laughs> or Nancy and, Alice. She's, and it's 13 she's great. 13 to 2. You know, game sevens are supposed to be like 3 to 2. Like or two great to one. games, yeah. you know. So I want everybody available. Well, and I, what I like seven. is this is more realistic to like a regular season where you'd have three, three like a three game series at one ballpark, a three game series maybe then at the other ballpark later. I in hate the 2 3 2 because like the, the best team. If they split the two games, now like they go on the road for three games, and they were supposed to be the higher seed. Yeah, the advantage it almost, almost is like with the lower seed. Yeah, or the yeah. Um, well, and you know, basically only four teams make the playoffs now. I know you have five with that yeah. wild card game, but that's a one yeah. game thing. So by doing it this way, if you want to make, get that in that top four and advance to a seven game series, you you got to win on the road if you're one of those teams. So you're yep. going to get the best teams anyway right. all the time, most of the time. Yeah. You might have once a year there might be somebody that sneaks in there, but and this could, should create more revenue for Major League right. Baseball. I, I know, there's a lot like of positives. I, I move it to a hundred and fifty game season. Yep. But if you're an owner, you want playoff games. That's where you make money. Yeah. Sure. And if you're a player, the playoff games make more tv money so that's a pot that you yep. can get your hands into so you have 150 games you play 60 games against the teams in your division you play 30 games against the teams in the other two divisions in your league and then you play 30 games against one of the divisions in the inner league and you can rotate that every year so that you know like for the brewers you would play the AL, AL East, and then the next you play the AL Central, and then the AL West. So, so your fans are seeing those teams because with 30 games, you would have a three-game home series against the Yankees and a three-game road series against the Yankees, a three-game home with the Red Sox and a three-game road. Well, congratulations, you know, so. Mike Matthews, new commissioner of Major League Baseball. <laughs> How do we get this um, uh, to the commissioner's office? I don't know. I'll have my friend Bob Euchre uh, make, make some... Uh, well, we were in college. Uh, the commissioner job came open. That's when Bud Seeley got it, I think. Yeah. And one of my roommates applied, literally applied for the job, just jokingly. He never heard back from me. Oh, man. He didn't even get a you suck letter. <laughs> oh, like, you're not even or, getting enough Or, ha-ha, uh, <laughs> this is, like, in the newspaper, look at this. Dude. Some college kid applied for this job, like, uh, yeah. right up. All right, well, let's finish off on a, a nice positive note. The Milwaukee Bucks... Opened up their regular season with a big victory yeah, over the cool Brooklyn that Nets. Really... really neat opening night ring ceremony. That ring is ridiculous. Did you see the woman <laughs> drop the ring too when she no. was opening it? So she, so the sideline reporter woman has a ring. She's talking about it. So you see, if you hold it right here and you open it up, this actually comes off, and she takes it off, and it falls. Oh, no. Because it's like a pendant. It's a pendant, yeah. too. Yeah. So it falls, and then she just keeps going. To her credit, she just keeps going and finishes and whatever. And then on Twitter afterwards, everybody's like, did anyone else see the fact that she flipping dropped this thing? Like, what just happened? Like, did anyone else see it fall? So... Anyway, but it looked amazing. Um, and it has inside, it has a QR code, QR code. Yeah. that you can scan and see the highlights from their run. That's, yep. that's yeah. so cool. It, it's probably one of the coolest rings I've ever seen. I wonder what that, what's that cost? What's one ring cost? Uh, we could look it up. I but mean, I, I'm sure it's ridiculous. 
probably a couple million dollars. <laughs> well, I don't uh, know about that. But. For sure. Um, so, a couple things about last night. Well, first of all, I thought they looked good on both ends of the court. They were very shorthanded last night. More shorthanded after uh, Drew Holiday went down with a bit of an injury. It's a heel contusion. He'll be out for probably a few games and be fine. But, um, man, the... The overall depth, though, this year is going to be so much better, I think, than even the, the championship season of last year. Um, even without some of their, their players in the rotation, some of our young players, I mean, in particular, Jordan Nora, I thought looked really good last night and really exciting in his second year to already be getting some time and actually making some nice contributions, honestly, on both ends of the court. Um, and so that's super exciting. Giannis, I don't know. I didn't know he could get better, but he got better. He looks better. Uh, uh, jump shot, free throws look better. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, Middleton did his thing uh, last night. Um, I thought Pat Connaughton looked really good last night uh, as a role player. And Grayson Allen, I know he didn't make uh, as many threes as he would have liked last night with some good looks, but he hit a couple big ones when he needed to uh, and did some little things even on the defensive end uh, to show some hustle. And so, he didn't trip anybody. He didn't trip anyone. Wasn't dirty. They just signed him to two years, uh, $20 million. Great deal. Oh, fantastic deal. He made the first basket of the season for the Bucks. He did. He did. So uh, I agree. I think the, I thought they looked great. Usually on ring night, the... Uh, team that gets the ring does not fare very that well. That is absolutely There's, true. Emotions are so, so many times. high. Um, you know, I looked at Giannis looking at that banner, and I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. He's to getting teary-eyed again. A guy again. like that who's yeah. just, like, brought to tears by unveiling of the banner. So um, I think, and you alluded to it, CJ, I think their roster is better this year Agreed. than it was last year. Um, there's going to be some really good players that don't crack that rotation because once DiVincenzo's back – um, you know, you have George Hill back, who they can put in there uh, for, for Drew Holiday. Um, I thought that was kind of a weakness last year, that backup point guard spot. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the couple of guys, the rookie that they got out of Seton Hall, I'm not even going to dare try to say his name. I have to learn how to do that yet. But um, they're going to have some really good players. And if they miss some time with injury, I feel like they're going to be able to put them out there. And I'm sure that the Bucks are going to – get into a little bit more of the um, uh, of resting of the starters. Uh, what do they call that? Load management. Yep. Um, they, they're probably going to have to do that coming off of last year, but I think Jordan Nwora is a huge key. Uh, I saw him break, break down whomever that was last night at the end of the third quarter and, and splash that little teardrop, and I'm like, holy cow, that <laughs> is impressive. So I think the Bucks are loaded. Um, I think they're set to uh, make another – Run and Charles Barkley picked him to win it all last night again. So I'm on board with Chuck. Uh, go Bucks. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah uh, I thought they they really looked really cohesive last night. Um, I yeah, Nor Jordan was unbelievable um, for a kid that really he didn't look shy. He didn't look scared for the moment. Um, I thought they looked. The one weakness I thought last night was maybe post depth, you know. Yeah, and that's a um, big piece Bobby because Bobby playing, was injured. But yeah. but still, even with I think even with him, I think they still could maybe use one more big man out there, um, you know, because you know Bobby's not a he's not a big big man. Um, 
I think but, when they bring him on, they put Giannis yeah. guarding the five. Yeah, they have that luxury. But yeah, I, right. And I, but I think the Nets aren't really. You know they're not post dominant either. You know, which Griffith is why I don't really think like it's like yeah. Aldridge is kind of a four anyway. Yeah. So, which um, is why I don't think it's as big of a deal. Right. Honestly, because yeah. a lot of the teams that's going to be the case on most nights. Yeah. But I mean, Brooke Lopez had a, a good game. Uh, Brooke Lopez is such a great player. I really like watching him. That was such a great signing when they got him um, a couple of years ago. But yeah, when Bobby Portis is back, they'll have a better rotation. Um, I mean, even Thanasis played last night and played pretty well and just did some little thing. I mean, so, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to roll through the regular season, in my opinion, again. And and also keep guys fresh because they have such a big rotation they can go to. Or, you know, like you said, load management, sit some guys here and there and, and keep guys fresh. So I'm looking forward to another great Bucks season. I mean, again, the expectation is a championship. I think Bud really wanted to win that game last night, you know, with the fact that the Nets are kind of favored more than the Bucks are. You know, I think he kind of wanted to send a little bit of a message because I think our starters played a little bit more than mm-hmm. the Nets starters did. Um, you know, and I think – I just think he kind of wanted to send a little bit of a message last night. They, they start off here with Nets, Heat. Yeah. And the Heat is kind of – you know, if the Bucks have a – a rival the last couple of years. It's the Heat. The arch nemesis, yeah. if you will. And now yeah. you have P.J. Tucker over there. Yeah. who and Lowry. Uh, he made the comment yeah, Lowry. that P.J. Tucker said he circled this game, so you know that he's going to be... Who do you, you think know, he's going to be matched up I, I don't know. I think if they put him he's on Giannis... He's too small on Giannis. Yeah, I yeah. think Giannis will just eat him up. Uh, Middleton, 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 Middleton? Yeah, Middleton yeah. will be able to shoot over him. That'll be an interesting yeah, game Yeah, but he'll, he'll play physical on Middleton. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Giannis will just go to the post and just score. Though. But Giannis, as you said before, Giannis's jump shot looks like that little hitch is out of it. Yep. And they, you know they say that he's the hardest working guy, uh, for sure, on the box, probably in the NBA. And so you know I, I'm assuming that he went to work right after they uh, you know he got some rest. But um, he, he that jump shot looks really good. There's some stories of him going in at all hours and just being in the gym shooting. And uh, there's. There's a lot of props to one of the assistant coaches that constantly works with him, the shooting coach. And, uh, um, yeah, Pat Connaughton's got a couple of fun stories about that. But, uh, hey, man, um, exciting stuff on the horizon for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's fun to to see this era of basketball. And obviously it started with a pick 15 in the draft. It's little kid from Greece who's now a big monster MVP and champion. So I and I don't know if I'm just reading into things, but like after the game last night, Durant was out there right away, like, you know, bro hugging Giannis and everybody. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, did he do that before they won the title? Did he do that? And maybe he did, and I'm just reading into I it. I think Durant did. It seems like. I think like... Durant's more. I think, Dur- I think Durant's well respected in the league. Yeah. More than Harden. It, just, it seems like the Bucks will get more of that yeah. respect that maybe they didn't before. And... Yeah. Which is great. It's, it's, you're right. It's very exciting for, for Wisconsin to have that right now. Well, that's it for Teaching Sports. As always, we hope you've been educated. See you next time.